everyone, and welcome to the Coffee Explorer podcast. I'm your host, Jen Stone, and this is season three, and we are kicking it off with one of the most fantastic guests we could possibly have to introduce this season, and that is Morgan Eckroth. Who, you might ask, if you don't know, if you're not one of her six million TikTok followers, she is the United States barista champion, and she is also the world runner-up barista champion. She's at Morgan Drinks Coffee. You can find her almost anywhere and everywhere. But most importantly, you can find her here now on the Coffee Explorer podcast. And I am excited to share this conversation with you. Morgan, welcome to Coffee Explorer. Say hello to our audience. And I think it's so great that we have my favorite thing in common, an obsession with coffee. Would you share with us a couple of stories about a profound, impactful cup that you have tasted? Ooh, yeah. I always think back to like one of the first coffees that got me really interested in coffee. I feel like it's like a generic coffee person story, but it was like in my first probably two or three months of being a barista. And I remember we got in our very first like natural coffee that I had ever experienced. And I remember someone grinding it to do like a pot of batch fruit. And I remember just being across the cafe, like all the way on the other side of the grinder and just smelling the smell that I'd never experienced before. It was just this really fruit forward, like that, that straight up blueberry classic natural profile. And that was one of those moments where it clicked that coffee could just taste like so many different things. So that was one that was really impactful to me. I also hold a lot of fond memories of all the coffees I've ever used in competition. They've all been super special to me for different reasons. And I can still, to this day, uh, recall like the tasting profile of pretty much everyone I've ever competed with. Nice. Are you still a fan of naturals? I love natural coffees. I'm pretty sure there was one year where I competed with a honey processed coffee, like it was a black honey coffee. But I think that's the only time I've ever not used a natural. I'm still very drawn to them. I think there is so much really interesting like flavor work that can be done with them. I'm a big fan of a lot of the new, more innovative processing methods. So I'm really interested in a lot of the fermentations that you see a lot today, kind of this trend towards anaerobic coffees. All of that's just so delicious to me. I agree. I am a natural fan myself. And, you know, they're polarizing. Sure. In many cases. Which I get. I fully understand that. (laughs) I love my washed coffees, Mm -hmm. but the natural, I agree, are are just super fun. Got a place in your heart. (laughs) Yes. I remember like the first lineup of coffee I put together and it is, they become like your children. Yeah. These coffees. And you become so familiar with them and how they, how they extract, like there's just so many different variables that you have to play with to make them taste good. And by the end, it's like when you run out of that coffee, it's kind of sad to see it go. It never comes back. It never comes back. (laughs) Well, talking about tasting coffee, I am personally on a mission to transform coffee drinkers, coffee lovers into Mm -hmm. coffee tasters. I love that. Like you were saying how it happened to you. Can you share some pointers on tasting espresso? Yeah, absolutely. So I think tasting espresso is kind of a, it's both an intimidating thing to get into, but it's also a really simple thing. I think a lot of folks, when they're starting off as a coffee drinker, you know, you usually start kind of the sweeter end of coffee, you know, with like lattes or milk drinks or anything like that. And that's really awesome. But it can be intimidating to move down to espresso. And I find a lot of people in discussion say that they feel like they need to be an expert before they get there. Espresso is a really cool thing. It's a really strong drink. In a lot of cases, it's an acquired taste. But once you acquire that taste for it, there is so much to explore in it. And I find one of the things that I think can help people appreciate espresso better 
is to, I like to say, taste with intentionality and not just for coffee, but with anything. So if you are drinking a tea or if you're eating a sandwich, even thinking about the flavors that are happening in your mouth individually rather than as one whole thing. So if you're eating a sandwich, let's say you're having like a BLT. So you can think of it as just tasting like a BLT or you could think about it when you take a bite of it. Maybe there is crunch at the beginning of it because you have crust on the bread. Then the bread is softer in the middle. And then you have the kind of the crunch and the breaking of the lettuce. And the lettuce is a very green, like very herbaceous, like bright flavor. And then you have bacon, which is very like, it's crispy, but it's also like a much deeper flavor. And so thinking about these things interacting separately is a really good practice to get into because then when you get down to espresso, it's not just something that is super dark or like punchy or robust. It's something that you can start breaking out these intricacies of like, you'll start to notice some espressos taste more citric. They're more like lemon and like orange forward. Sometimes you'll taste espressos that taste more like chocolate and like these darker notes of like nuts. And so getting into the practice of tasting things with intentionality will be really fun for you in practice and anything, but also really gives you a good foundation for understanding espresso as well. That is an excellent analogy. And <laughs> I've been around a while and I've never heard it before. Oh, yay. That way. So I love that breakdown. And I might use it a couple of times. Go so, for it. I have at it. Yeah, because you're right. Like, people go to wine tastings or beer tastings and they're like, they connect with the flavor nuts more easily yeah. than with coffee. They get intimidated. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, the thing I think you could do is just keep doing it. Exactly. <laughs> Which is not torture at all. It's real um, fun. <laughs> So cold coffee. Yes. Clearly dominant here to stay. Very trendy. Yeah. What's your take on it? I like cold coffee. I mean, personally, as a coffee drinker, I, I drink a lot of cold coffees. I think they are, there's always this side of like, you have a coffee drinker and it's like, they usually tend to like coffee more. They're either in it for the flavor and like kind of the appreciation of it, or they're in it for like the efficiency of the caffeine. And I think cold coffee drinks are often a very efficient way to kind of deliver coffee to people. They're very approachable. They are very customizable. And I think that's a lot of the fun of it. I think a really big, at least to me, how I've seen it, a really big influx in cold coffee happened a lot around the pandemic. Maybe that wasn't the starting point, but a lot happened there because all of a sudden people were making coffee drinks at home since they couldn't go into a cafe. And a lot of people don't have steam wands. They don't have anything that can froth milk. Those are usually higher ticket items. And so People were making cold coffee drinks for themselves at home. And because they're so customizable, people were adding syrups and all this stuff. And then on top of that, you know, we have Starbucks who lean so heavily into mobile ordering and they have some most <laughs> customizable coffee you will ever get into. And so people have fun making these really intricate, complex, like cold coffee drinks for themselves through this app. And so I think it's this interesting aspect of like people just building their own profiles for themselves, but also cold coffee drinks are really easy to make. And it's this kind of yeah. perfect blend of things that has now turned into a, a massive trend in the coffee world. Interesting. I never really thought about the app. And yeah, we're all digital. Yeah, really obsessed with staring at our phones. So being able to use the app to build something is really fun. And you know, there's, there's also like the aspect of, particularly since I'm <laughs> unfortunately very plugged into TikTok, something that has been covered in, in some news organizations now, but there has been this huge trend of like making custom coffee drinks on TikTok. TikTokers will share their favorite orders and how you can order them yourself. And so people are going into the app and making these massive drinks that they see online. And that's been a huge push 
into Starbucks as well. I was thinking of that Stanley Tucci. I saw him <laughs> making cocktails on Instagram. And so. you're like, how can I make that? Yeah, yeah right. exactly the same. Sorry. Well, personally, I love that coffee is so global. Mm-hmm. I think we talked a little bit. You know, I love traveling like you do. Tell us where coffee has taken you. Ooh, coffee has taken me to some very cool places, especially in the past year. So I had the absolute privilege of going to both Costa Rica and Colombia this year, which was really cool. In Costa Rica, we visited, it was myself and a couple of folks. We went to a few different coffee farms, which was really incredible to be able to see more behind the scenes. And then I was in Colombia, specifically Cali, to pick out my competition coffee for the World Barista Championship. And so I was there with Onyx, several of our, I was there with our green buyer and several other folks. And we had a really, really fantastic time. You know, it was incredible to have competed with a coffee for USBC and then to be able to go where this coffee came from and really kind of deepen those friendships with the folks who were producing it. That was really awesome. Coffee has also taken me places like Australia, (laughs) which was really fun. Um, I also went to Italy in this past year, which was fun because it's a whole different kind of perspective on coffee culture because you have the deeply ingrained like Italian cafe and espresso culture that I got to experience. And it's just, it's an honor to be able to travel to these places and experience how different coffee can be. But at the same time, it, it brings people together in a really special way around the world. Yeah, the community around that cup is what inspired. It might, the cup yeah. might be different, but it's, it's community all around it no mm-hmm. matter what. Well, I'd like to transition the conversation a little bit to marketing, sure. which I think is your other obsession. It is. <laughs> and, uh, and I want to point out, and you're welcome to, to clarify on, mm-hmm. on these numbers, you have a massive fan base of over 3 million. Over 3 million. I think it is collectively, it's close to eight now, I want to say. It is oh. 6 million on TikTok and then a million on YouTube and about 800,000, I believe, on Instagram. It's Wild numbers to think Those about. Those are wild numbers, Morgan. <laughs> I'm honored to be sitting here with you. Oh, no. <laughs> um, humbled. I gathered that you really got into marketing and mm-hmm. the, the TikTok and the social media before your entire journey to the USBC, yeah. United States Barista Champion process. I really appreciate that you speak to your audience in a comprehensive way that is like the regular coffee drinker, the barista, the whole experience. What inspired this unique point of view that you have? Yeah, I think it comes a lot from my like ongoing experience as a barista. Like that's something I still work bar twice a week and I love doing it. But in the specialty coffee world, when you're talking to what I'm going to call coffee people or people who work in the coffee industry, there's like this already baseline understanding of like the techniques and the principles behind how we prepare coffee, why we prepare it. And so I think you find often coffee people talking to coffee people is very high level. It's very advanced in what we're talking about, whether it's processing or anything else. And we use a lot of slang and jargon that can make it kind of difficult to understand if you're coming from outside the industry. And so in daily interactions at the cafe, I'm talking to folks who don't know all that stuff. And so it's very much about meeting people where they are and kind of guiding them in. Like my goal is not for someone to come into the cafe or to watch my content and to like walk away as an expert because you don't get there overnight. And I can, I'm not going to try to force all of that information on them. But my goal is to just kind of like pique someone's curiosity. I think if I can kind of like give them a little glimpse of kind of this really cool world of coffee that we all work in, like that's my goal. It's not to get you across the finish line, but just it's a little like push in that direction. And so 
with that being my goal, a lot of the ways that I talk about coffee might seem a little bit simple to some people. Like it's a little bit less complicated and that's intentional because the people who are coming to my content aren't there yet. There's a lot of creators out there who can speak to that higher level. And I want them to speak to that level. And I want people to get to them eventually. But I'm just kind of like, I want to be like a starting point that that gets you into that direction. And that and that influences a lot about how I talk on, online, especially about coffee. Yeah. I love that you said that. And I give a lot of courses about coffee and introduce people to coffee who never gave it a thought of short of being on a grocery store shelf yeah. or you know, at a Starbucks. And so I kind of say, I was getting frustrated because I felt like I couldn't get people like, to that finish line. And then I recognized I'm kind of teaching first grade or coffee 101 a lot. And that's okay. I do love it as a bridge to sure. the next level. And, you know, we're in this world where we just want to hurry up and be experts. Yep. In many cases, you can't be. Nope. It, it took, I, I think it, thinking back to my like beginnings in coffee, like it took me a long time to like gain all the knowledge. And so I think back to the path I had to take and it's like, all right, how do I walk people down that path knowing their timelines might be different, you know? So. One of my favorite marketing gurus is Seth Godin. Mm -hmm. He wrote this book called The Practice. I don't know if you've read it. You are super consistent. It appears in your militant approach to (laughs) social media. People always ask if like the turtleneck thing is even a bit. And I'm like, no, I'm like anyone who knows me can attest. It's a turtleneck every day. It's too consistent. I think that's where the reward comes. Yeah. And I think he would agree. Do you have any tips or tricks for other brands or people who are trying to develop their practice for social media? Yeah, absolutely. I've been doing online stuff for a while now. I think I'm coming up on my like fourth year of doing this pretty much full time. Like I have posted four to seven videos a week, every single week for the last four years. I know some things I also think I don't know a lot. I'm constantly learning, but some things that I like have really stuck to and I think have helped at least my longevity and like really mitigating burnout has been... When I'm making content, my goal is not ever to like sell something to someone. I don't really enjoy doing that. That's not really my goal. My goal in my own content is to make people feel things or to try to invoke an emotion. And so for me, with my content being based around coffee and cafes, I'm looking to create these little scenarios that can remind people of things that they've experienced. And so hopefully creating some sort of relatability in that content. And so that sort of like story-driven, like emotion-driven content it's something that I think is really valuable online. I think it's something that can be tricky to make online. Like we live in like kind of hyper consumerism online right now, especially in short form video. It's it's very loud and flashy. And I think it's really valuable to be able to slow down occasionally. One other thing that I did very early on in my content, and that kind of came from my marketing background, was, as you mentioned, that consistency. Like my videos are shot the same. They look the same. I'm even wearing like the exact same outfit. And it's because, especially on TikTok, which is a swiping, like it's a very quick, it's a fast paced app. You really have to like cement yourself and so into in order to like stand out. Like there is if you if people don't like know what's happening within the first second or two, like they're gone from your content. And so very early on, I kind of tapped into this like format of how my videos were going to work, how I was going to look. And I just did that over and over and over again until there was no there was no way someone wouldn't recognize me. Like that was my goal. I wanted to be so ridiculously consistent that you could swipe onto my video and instantly know it was going to be a coffee video uh, with a barista and that barista was me. And that was something that I think helped me a lot early on. That's smart. Consider. Yeah, well, consider. It, was, it was it was calculated. Yeah, calculated. very much so. Yeah. yeah. 
Are you saying it's better to be patient and be? I would say, again, consistency, I think, is key. I think you'll hear a lot of, or at least I see this a lot online, a lot of social media advice of like follow every trend that's out there, like hop on every single thing that's like happening all at once. And that's just impossible to do. The internet moves really, really fast nowadays and it can feel overwhelming or like you're just throwing stuff at the wall if you do that. And I think deciding what your mission is with what you're making online is important. And then deciding what your voice is online is important. And then just do that. Don't pay attention to all the noise of trends and things happening around you. Like you can take them into consideration, but don't feel the pressure to to always act in in line with them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think having your own mission and being very firm in that is far more important than being trendy. That's straight advice. Because a lot of people do get burnout because they don't know it, what it is they're trying to do. And it's a huge cause of burnout. I think it's the only way I've been able to like bypass it for so long. It's just because I'm like, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to do my thing over and over again. And I hope people like it. Yeah. Well, they clearly do. <laughs> Speaking of people liking you, Morgan, we have the great pleasure of actually seeing each other and yes. being together <laughs> at NAFOM which is this giant conference, the North American Food Equipment Manufacturers Convention. Mm-hmm. You and I, this is our first one for both of yep. us. And we're here on behalf of a few amazing coffee equipment brands. Would you share some of your impressions about yeah. brands, about this event? Absolutely. So it's been really, really fun. For anyone listening at home, I'm here with Middleby and Sanesso. We set up this like whole cafe. Like it's a fully functional cafe with like multiple espresso machines, different coffees. We've got some fantastic coffees here. And so throughout the convention for the last like three days, people have just been ordering like you would normally. And I think it's been really, really fun to create this just super efficient workflow at the cafe. The Sinenso booth right now is partnered with Marco as well. So we have a ton of really, really great coffee options on tap as well. And it's just been, it's been so fun to work on like really, really high-end equipment and to be able to like serve people who don't like exist in the coffee world. Like we're we're not at a coffee convention. We're at like a, a food equipment manufacturers convention. And so there's been so many fun conversations that have happened about what we're doing kind of in what I'm going to call the cafe and behind bar that I don't usually get to talk about because I'm usually serving coffee people. And so I think that's been one of my favorite things. It's just kind of like sharing this really cool world to a much larger group of people. We always talk about in the coffee industry of like, we want other people to appreciate and to drink good coffee. And events like this is is really great for getting people to understand why we want them to drink good coffee. Morgan, before we wrap up, one of the things we always do on the Coffee Explorer podcast is ask our guests a very telling question. <laughs> Tell me, what is on your coffee table? Oh, gosh. This feels very lame of me, I feel. There is nothing on my coffee table. However, there is stuff inside my coffee table. I have coasters. I have like three Star Wars magazines. And I think a heating pad, which I'm very excited to get back to when I get home. (laughs) I've never heard that answer before, but... Well, that'd be a surprise. The coasters are good. We've learned so much about you today and I've really enjoyed working with you over the past week. Is there anything we've missed or anything you'd like to share about yourself and Morgan Drinks Coffee? Oh, I don't think so. It's been it's been really, really fun to be here. It's been an honor and I've been glad to be along for the ride. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you. So that was really fun. An informative and amazing conversation with Morgan Eckroth. 
And like we mentioned, you can find her almost anywhere at Morgan Drinks Coffee. That's on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. You can also find this episode at coffeeexplorer.net. We'll have show notes there and links for many of the resources that we discussed in this conversation. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, Seneso Espresso Machines, truly best-in-class espresso equipment. And if you consider yourself a culinary enthusiast and you'd like to learn more about coffee and tasting coffee and actually taste it together with a cohort of other people, of other coffee tasters online, then please reach out to me, jen at cl.world. That's jen at C-I-E-L dot world. I look forward to hearing from you. So send me an email and thank you for listening. You can learn much more at coffeeexplore.net. Coffee